recording. Welcome into another edition of our Tea to Green Winter Rules Podcast, presented by Golf Dojo, where we are broadcasting from today. The Tea to Green Studios inside the Golf Dojo on Transit Road in Williamsville. I'm Brian Colzio with me, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis as we sit inside our beautiful Tita Green Studios. Kevin, good afternoon. Good afternoon, fellas. Good to be back with you this week. Hey, are we going to, uh, uh, we're going to be doing this from the new Golf Dojo at some point, right? We're going we're gonna to spend a week there. Yeah, a couple weeks. We should be open. We'd hope to be open uh, a little earlier, but you know how that works. Um, but we're, we're on target for the next week or two. We'll be opening. We'll definitely be sending out an announcement about that. Sweet. Um, same kind of setup we have here and just a, just a second location for uh, for all our members. As we are in mid-November, we know colder weather. I know there's actually some possible golf weather later this week, but oh, yeah. um, for the most part, we've almost we've pretty much shifted to indoor golf here. For those that don't know maybe what you can do here at, at Golf Dojo, a little different than maybe just going to the dome to hit balls, right? Yeah, it's a little different situation because we have a track man, which is the premium uh, golf simulator. You can play courses or get all your data and your club data and your ball data. And we have large private bays. So the bays are very large. Um, you close the doors behind you when you go in. There's surround sound, some TVs, watch a Sabres game, watch a Bills game, have as many people as you want in there, bring your own food and drink, and, and enjoy golf while you're there. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm into uh, fishing season right steelhead gotcha and uh that's where i went today that's where i was uh, uh for the better part of today and i got skunked today brian which is not cool <laughs> see when you tell me skunked i think about my dog getting yeah skunked. no yes. <laughs> um, that means you didn't catch anything that's correct that is absolutely <laughs> thousand percent correct and uh <laughs> it was it was a it was I, and i just think of the economics of it now because you know like everything uh the floats you know, I'm float fishing. Those have gone ridiculously in price, you know, different size floats for the flow of water. And if you if you get a snag, you know, you're just hoping, oh, okay, just let my leader line break and don't lose the float. Don't and I, I saw across the uh across the creek for me this float over there in the corner. I'm like, Yep, that's seven bucks over there. That's seven <laughs> bucks sitting over there. And so then I just quickly I said, you know what, I'm gonna throw a spoon here real quick, you know, just Throw a lure here. Uh, the water level is getting higher. Let me throw it out there. I've had some success with it. And don't I get uh, – really, literally, Jeff, I say last cast, which every fisherman listening knows that's about 20 casts. But I'm like, all right, this is the last one. I get caught. Snap. Cleo gone. That's six bucks. See, gone. all that terminology just went yes. right over my head. That was, that was a lot of jargon. That's like, that's like you're hitting the second ball – on the last hole, and you're like, oh, I just hit a, oh, I just hit a pro V in the water. You just lost six bucks there, or or, or a Callaway <laughs> Chrome Soft to yeah. uh, our friends. But yes, that's yes, right. Yes, using the premium ball instead of the uh, the other one. So, um, anyhow, yes. All right. Well, hopefully next time you'll have some uh, some better fishing. You don't get skunked very often. Tell us. No, I don't. That's the uh, that's the uh, real cool thing that this this young kid he was skipping school had to be or something. I don't. know. Maybe they're in town. They don't rat him out. Yeah. Well, whatever. And, you know, dad was there uh, as two boys having a time, and you know nobody's catching anything, and 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 the this tree had, had fallen, and you know so it's cutting like the the run in half on this popular place, and I'm like, dude, move up. I'll move up. You move up. Get in the hole, kid. And he nails a big one, like the only fish caught. And this thing was a monster, and just to see, you know. Him and his dad bringing this thing. It was pretty cool. You'll never do that again. You'll be like, you make your own spot. I got this spot now. <laughs> Move down. It's our Winter Rules podcast here as we broadcast live from our TD Green Studios 
at Golf Dojo. And uh, we had a nice event here today, Jeff. I know you were here bright and early, uh, a PGA event uh, for Western New York PGA uh, right here at Golf Dojo, and it was with veterans, right? Yeah, um, it wasn't with veterans. Basically, or, what happened is we had a bunch of PGA professionals, okay. and we ran an instruction class for adaptive golf. So when you when you work in the HOPE program or helping our patriots everywhere, we do a lot of adaptive golf. So you deal with people with all different types of disabilities f- from their service. So there could be you could be missing a limb, you could be vision impaired, you could have TBIs. and I mean, there's a million, there's a spectrum there of, of things that our veterans are dealing with and so we were training the pga professionals to teach these gentlemen ladies and gentlemen so we go through a class it was about eight hours today and we go through some book we're learning and then uh, we do some drills like you put on some blinders and try to coach someone who can't see who's vision impaired or someone who is hearing impaired or someone who has doesn't have use of their feet or is in a wheelchair you know, learning all the terms and the terminology that you need to know when you're dealing with the veterans and what their injuries might be you know if it's a there's a lot of a lot of nuance to it and a lot of things you you need to understand if you're going to be working with uh, communities such as the veterans. So it was great. We had a bunch of guys that are very interested in helping out, and we're going to be expanding the HOPE program this year um, to more locations. We had a couple of gentlemen here looking at some very nice facilities and running two programs at their facilities this year. They're already working on the approval from their clubs. So so it was a pretty cool day, and it's something I, you know, I'm super proud to be part of because that's to me it's important. And um, it was great to see the turnout we had and the uh, the eagerness and the engagement that these, uh, these gentlemen came here with today. Well, first of all, I guess perfect timing. We're coming off. Veterans Day this past weekend. Marine Corps' birthday was the 10th, yep. And, uh, yes, yeah, so you, yeah. you being the uh, the Marine, and uh, to all the veterans, vets out there, and for everybody that does things for veterans, uh, you know, hope uh, you took a moment over the weekend to pause and reflect and give thanks. You know, part of the reason we love doing things for golf in Western New York is that we're able to possibly give back time, money, all these things in terms of um, making great golf experiences. It's part of the reason we do the Duster Challenge during the summer, our putting contest at Glen Oak. Um, and, you know, we raise money for the Hope Foundation to hopefully help with things like what you're doing here today. Yeah, and if somebody's listening and is interested, just get in contact with the Western PGA. We'd, we'd love to have you. You know, it's a the it's actually the only sport that the VA will prescribe for veterans. So as a, as a therapy for veterans, there's no other sport that will be uh, prescribed. So if you're a veteran and you suffer from certain conditions, one of the prescriptions from the VA is to why don't you take up golf? Why don't you get in the HOPE program? Because this, the you know, you learn social skills, proprioception, balance, strength, uh, social aware, all the different things that golf brings to the fore help certain veterans in certain situations. So it is, it's kind of cool that, you know, the VA, you know, there's one sport they'll prescribe to their, uh, to their wounded vets. Yeah. If you want to donate or give, you know, get involved, you can go to wnypga.com. And one of the other things too, it, it, it gets them together as a group, right? These are so yep. maybe the resident to talk to their neighbor, you know, about things or can't relate, but there are people who've gone through similar things, and yeah, who knows? Hey, you served in the army, hey, so did I, and and boom, all of a sudden. Friendship happens, right? Commonalities. Well, that's the whole gist of the whole thing, actually. Golf is secondary. This is a social event. This is a group event for the veterans. Um, And often, you know, I've gotten a couple letters throughout my years and years of doing this that would melt your heart and how much they appreciate how much a simple act of learning the game of golf from a PGA professional means to people and how it can turn lives around when they have a focus or something to do with their day. And uh, it's been outstanding. Um, And if if people want to get involved, please do, because... I, I do it only because I've made so many good friends and so many companionships, and, and I, I enjoy the time with these guys and, and hearing all the stories and laughing and busting chops. And 
and and it's it's just great, and I I'm I'm happy to do it, and I enjoy doing it, and I'll I'll do it as long as I can. Well, kudos to you and the the rest of the PGA staff that uh, that worked on that today and do everything for for veterans throughout the year. All right, uh, let's shift gears here on our Winter Rules podcast presented by Golf Dojo to uh, what happened this past week on the PGA Tour. You mentioned heartwarming kind of stories and letters and things that you've done with the with the veterans. Well, heartwarming story this week. Uh, Kev Camilo Vijegas wins the Butterfield Bermuda Championship, and it was an emotional scene for him as he wins on the 18th hole because of what happened to his daughter a few years ago. Yeah, can I give a backstory on it yeah, for everybody? It was, it, in 2020, uh, his his daughter um, was diagnosed uh, with with cancer. She's and young, right? It, yeah, she, 22 months old. She, she died. Yeah. She passed at 22 months yeah. of age, so didn't even make the age of two. Uh, so imagine going through that, right, as a parent. Can't. Uh, right? I mean, it's just like you just it, – it's your it's your worst nightmare. You can't even – you can't even think about it, right? And um, then to go – you know, to, to, to one thing to carry on with life, right? Yeah, like just with that weight on you and your family. And then another thing to go, I'm going to go back on, on the stage and try to um, – Compete at the highest compete level. Compete at the highest world. level where, you know, you can – you understand where, you know, things you – know, he, he last won in 2014 Wyndham. His, his game had been falling off. And then to have your, your you know, just your, your heart ripped out of your chest, right, uh, to lose a child. So it was in Bermuda, and it was 2020, and it was uh, that event. Um, I was assigned to it, and this was right in the pandemic, so there was all these protocols that had to occur. And it was, uh, you, you know, you had to be quarantined as soon as you got there. And I, I just so happened to have a first floor. It had a little patio. So the, the, the deal was you, you got to the airport, you got tested, but you had to go and wait, wait things out um, uh, until you got an email that says you were cleared of COVID. Right. Right. So um, I, I'm riding on a shuttle bus with Jonathan Bird and David Lingmurth. Um, and, and we all arrived at the same time, tested the same time. So we're in the same pod. And uh, I, uh, I had happened to buy a, a bottle of bourbon at the uh, Duty Free, and J- Jonathan Bird's like, hey, I'm going to have to help you drink that. I said, hey, uh, you know, I'll probably be sitting out tonight, <laughs> whatever, while we're waiting, what have you. Um, so, so lo and behold, um, it's, it's in the evening, and I'm just sitting out in this patio, and Jonathan Bird comes walking around. And I'm like, hey, Jay Bird, like – I'll get the, you know, if you, you want one. He's like, yeah, sure. So we sit down, we start talking, and then just just walking out on this court, it's Camillo Vijegas, and he and he sees Jonathan Bird, and I don't know him, right? I mean, he, he may I may look familiar, but I don't know him, and, you know, um, immediately, you know, Jonathan's like, hey, you know, Camillo, so so sorry, and, um, yeah, I, I said, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I introduced myself, and, and and he sat down. And what proceeded to happen was a conversation about fatherhood, um, about what he went through that I'm not sure I deserve to be part of. I'm thankful I was part of it. Um, it was very emotional, and I, um, for both men, actually, you know, we look at them as competitors, but as fathers, just tremendous amount of respect for for both of those guys 
just uh, I just sat there and did a lot of listening and then gave some input uh, from my experiences as a father, but obviously not, not going through anything that, you know, Camillo uh, had gone through. And, um, you know, he, he just talked about, you know, finding the strength to, to carry on. And um, it's just a – I don't want to share too much of what was said there, obviously, but it was just one of those conversations. You never forget. You, you, yeah. you never forget sitting there. Um, I've never brought it up again. I've never really spoken about it, really. Uh, I, I talked to my wife about it the other, uh, the, yesterday when I saw that he won. Yeah. And yeah, you can tell now you're even struggling to find yes. the right words. Well, and, yeah. I, I want to be fair, right? And I don't want, I, I don't want to make it like, hey, look what I, you know, yeah. make it about me. I, I just want to just impress upon the listeners like the uh, human being that is Camilla Vajegas and, and what he went through and to see, but competing so um, recently, right, from uh, when it had occurred and. Uh, he just said, I have to go on, you know, I have to. So, um, uh, tremendous amount of respect. I'm thrilled for him um, and, and his family. And, um, you know, that moment where he looked skyward, it meant more for me having that conversation, seeing it, um, uh, when it was, well, I, don't, I, I guess it's never not fresh. You know, I can't imagine. It's hard enough to be on top of your game on the PGA Tour. And, it, I mean, when you've had a bad day, when you've had, been in a fight with your wife or whatever it is, right, when you're trying to focus, when you're not 100% focused, I can't imagine how you, uh, unless uh, the only thing I can think of, it's just get up, take one, put one foot in front of the other, and uh, and just try yeah. to go on. I don't know how else to uh, how else you could even conceive of playing golf yeah and, and the other part of that spectrum the other part's interesting that i'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing um with jonathan bird because we were talking about his career now this is you know three years ago and he's like yeah you know what do i play and make you know dozen events he's like you know i'm i go <laughs> if i'm not mistaken you've won like i think it's won like four or five times you know this career is like yeah you know, I, I look at it, but he's like, no, I'd rather be home for my kids now. It's like, I could work harder and compete. He's competing more. His kids are a little older now than at the time. But he goes, I'm going to miss. He's like, I, I can't miss the prime of their life, you know, so I can't be gone as much. Um, it was uh, it, 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 it was interesting um, to, to well, hear his that perspective I relate on to. it, right? Yeah, I yeah. relate to that, too, because I know at a certain point in my trying to be competitive career. It just, it didn't matter as much because all I wanted to do was be home with your kids. And, and, and I can't imagine, I imagine all those guys, they're people too. And they miss their kids and their wife and everybody else when they're on the road for three, four weeks at a time yeah, or whatever. They, yeah. Cause the, the kids get to that age where, you know, early on you'll see the kids are there with them. They'll travel with them. Yeah. Cause they're young enough. They can just come along. Right? But yeah. But then, the, the, yeah. And then they're going to get to a certain age where they're like, they need to be at a school and, and and they want to be there, not you know. They want to be with their friends, yeah. Yes, and they have their own events and their own clubs and their own yes. teams yes. that they're on and things like that. Yeah. Lucas Glover talked about that when he won last, you know, in the summertime about you know, um, I, I can be home more now. I don't have to worry about trying to get my card and all these things. Like this means I can spend more time at home in the fall at games and what have you, not having to do all these things. And, and I'm glad they share that because. And what we've seen the last two weeks here in the fall, they're human, right? I mean, we admire what they're able to do as golfers, but to see Eric Van Royen talk about, hey, 
it's great to win, but I, I was playing for my friend who's dying. Yeah. Like my best friend, my college roommate, he's going to die from cancer. And he's, I'm going to see him now. Like, this is great to win, but in the end, it's it's just a trophy. Yeah, it's just right with this. Still right? just a game. Yeah, and yeah. then for Camilo Vijegas to see the reaction from everybody to come out to him, knowing what he's been through, um, you're you're like, hey, this is great, but this other part is so much bigger than the game of golf. And you know what? I, I'm I'm so glad this has happened in this fall when. Um, Professional golf has been dominated by cash. You know, let's be honest. It's yep. been, and what's going to happen here or there? It's nice to have those stories that uh, you know brings it back to the human side of things. Yep. Vajegas said afterwards, I thought something that was really cool. He's got two tattoos: one on his left arm, one on his right arm. His left arm it just says the word attitude, and on the right arm there's it just says positive energy. And he said. Part of the reason he got those, he's like, is coming to the realization that you can't control everything in your life. But he said attitude and positive energy, he goes, those are the things you can. So he's like, every time I'm down or he goes, I'm out of the course and I need a little kind of self-pep talk, he goes, those two words really help me out. So, you know, as you said, Jeff, like, you know, think about the, the quote, struggles we have during the course of a round of like just dealing with our golf game. Yeah. Problems, which in the grand scheme of things are meaningless because of, you know, things of like what we just talked about right here. So um, I think that's a great lesson for all of us, right? Like to understand like, hey, when you're out there playing golf, what was it last week on our podcast? We said unwritten rules. You're like, don't be that guy that gets all angry. Don't be that guy that swears. Don't be that guy that throws the club. Like, you know, you got a lot. There's a lot worse things in life that can happen right now. You missing a golf shot, like let's yeah. put that in perspective. You're hitting it bad what, today. Just, what big, a gr- yeah, big what, deal! What a great story that Vijegas yeah. wins, and uh, I, you know, kudos to him for for obviously controlling what was. I mean, to win on the PGA Tour, if life is going, let's say, perfectly, as someone would describe, there's, it's still a very emotional oh. sort of event to do this with what has happened for him to not win for not only to not win for nine years. But then, of course, the most important thing of what has happened uh, with his family situation. Well, I mean, good for him. All right. Well, well, let's talk about the tactical part of it. Go a nine-year gap. I mean, that, look what golf affords. Um, you know, people, athletes. To hey, he hasn't won in nine years. There, a lot of people have just been. Like, yeah. You haven't been on an NHL team in nine years. Guess what? You're never doing. Right. right. Yeah. I'm just saying. But like, you know, not having. Uh, I guess it's the measurement of success, right? It shows you that sport, there are different measure, measurements of success and drive. And that's why, you know, the drive it takes to stay at it, right, to um, continue and say, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm still going to go for this and still have a, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure he had a ton of doubts uh, in, in his. Oh, confidence. You know, right? Yeah. Confidence. Like, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore, but what the hell else am I going to do? But, no, to have the drive to say, I'm going to change coaches. I'm going to change what you did. And the I'm going to get in the gym every yes. morning. Yeah. He um, doesn't work out. <laughs> no, I'm <right>. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that that's what it takes. I, I heard this great quote, you know, one of these online motivational gurus, whatever, but um, – it was it, the magic you're looking for is in the work you're not doing. I, I thought it was a it's a brilliant brilliant quote. A good quote. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we all just think, hey, it's going to happen like that. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you got to put the work in. Yeah, we are what we repeatedly do. Sure. Yes. Yes. So Vajegas, by winning, 
He jumps all the way to number 75 now in the FedEx Fall Cup fall standings. Um, another good week, maybe this upcoming week. He could possibly, if he gets in that, quote, next 10, that gets him uh, into some more events. But now he can get into some, some more PGA Tour events this year. Well, he's got a two-year exemption. With the win, yep. including the Players' Masters. Championship. Right. He hasn't played in in 2016. So. In the Masters. The Masters. Masters. Yes. Yep. Yep. All these things. Going to Hawaii. Like, yeah. All these things happen with winning. So, you know, that number, um, I, I think, you know, he was trying to stay in that 125, but the winning, like, that, that took care of some things. You yeah. know, it's good for the PGA Tour, too, because he was always a very popular player and great with the crowds and everything. So it's it's good to have him back in play. And it's good for broadcasting because he, you know, he, he did work, um, gosh, was it the Wyndham? The Wyndham, where he won. Yeah, he worked yeah. the Wyndham for Golf Channel. Like, we don't need him. We don't know. Stay on the that? golf course. <laughs> yeah, there's enough of us. <laughs> Yeah, just just thinking about the broadcasters. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. all. Taking another broadcasting job. That's right. <laughs> so good news and congrats to Camilo Vajegas on his win. All right. Hey, uh, by the by the way, real quick in pro golf because I don't want to get to yep. our rule of the week. Um, I don't I, I I don't understand how this works in the DP World Tour money list, but by Max Homa winning in South Africa, South Africa yep. at the Ned Bank Challenge, whatever. It, Rory doesn't have to play in the final. He's already won the season long money race. Hmm. Oh. Like their FedEx Cup. Yeah. Oh, he has. Yes. Hmm. Isn't That's that convenient? Good. Yes. So I don't think he even has to play. So he was happy with that home win. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> I don't know if he is playing this week or not, but I'm just saying. Yeah. And by the way, did you see what he said? I did. In the interview about, about the caddy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We can't. We can't say it on this show. Well, we can't. It's a podcast. Oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> Did you it was, not, it did was you harsh not see words. the quote? I did see the word. Okay. Yes. The, All right. The words, I should say. It, it was not a, it would be <coughs> interesting to see the next time he and Patrick Cantley are paired together, squared off together. Or and did you, he said that Tiger texted him and called him right away after yeah. what happened. Did you see that? You know, he said, well, they, they communicated. Yes. yes. And that Tiger wanted to kind of defend LaCava. Right. right. And say, look, you know, this, you know, this is how it's kind of played out. And Rory basically said, like, it's been a long day. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's what I guess. It. That's yeah. what he texted back to Tiger. Like, it's been a long day. I got to get some rest, kind of thing. Yeah, so, and I, yeah. I, I like Rory speaking out a little bit too. So I don't mind that. If you feel it, say it. Yeah, he's in. A, he's in a position in his career. He can say whatever he wants, and people are going to listen. It's going to be interesting to see how things go. I hope you get all. that group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Rory and Cantley in a group. Uh, we got him on the first tee here, folks. <laughs> Not a lot of giggles. I mean, he said it was over with. But obviously it's not. Well, not when you call the guy a, uh, you know, Blanket, an, an appendage, uh, yeah. you know, in an interview. No, it's not over. Yeah. But if I, if I. Uh, this, by the way, just for those that may be unsure, unsure uh, Rory called Patrick Cantlay um, a word, obviously, we wouldn't normally use on the radio. You're right. Correct. Um, but it's dating back to the Ryder Cup. Remember Joey LaCava waving the hat. All day, Cantley's Who's getting talked. Who's caddying for Cantley now? Yeah, Who's caddying for, yes. for Cantley now? Long-time Tiger caddy. Uh, and there was that, that mix-up going into the last day uh, of the Ryder Cup. So just in case you were wondering, like, hey, where is this from? Like, that's where it's from. I just look, emotions are high. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, there are going to be people who don't like each other. Happens. That's life. Yep. I'm sure they're both going to be fine and don't really care. No. So yeah, they get all the friends they need. Yes. yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and there are a lot of their former presidents. They're dead yeah. presidents. <laughs> yes. 
By the way, just the thing with Tiger, he said Tiger repeatedly tried to get in touch with him that night. McElroy said, I texted him back, just 12 worlds. Quote, it'll be fine, long day, just want to go to bed. <laughs> so that was at the time. Yeah, that was during the Ryder Cup. Yeah. yeah. He obviously has gone out in a little bit more since. Yes, still feels that way apparently. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's finish our Winter Rules podcast here presented by Golf Dojo with our, we always talk about a rule, maybe our inter- interpretations or do we want to change it, whatever. This week, we're going to talk about a shot clock. And why did we bring that up? Well, well partially due to Tiger. Yes, him and his, yeah, yeah, the, the him and his simulator league here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yes, uh, <laughs> appropriately enough. Uh, yeah, the the league, right? Um, which, by the way, he owns a Jupiter. Finally, has her first pro sports franchise. That's yeah. right. He's got that team. <laughs> he owns a tiny piece of it. He said, <laughs> "Yes, yes." Um, Rory and Cantley aren't on the same team together. I noticed that as well. No. Well, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Um, is Cantley in it? I don't know if Cantley's in it. All right. Cantley, is Cantley doing, I don't know. Is he getting paid? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they're, they're all. <laughs> for his head. I think they're all being compensated yes. for being on teams. All right. Well, anyways, you know, they're having different rules, and one of the things they're going to have is a shot clock, um, you know, for the <coughs> simulator league, the indoor golf. And so it had me thinking, and, and, you know, should we have a shot clock in professional golf? An actual shot clock where, you know, players can see it, um, you know, maybe you have you know have somebody carrying the shot clock that gets started because right now yeah. there is a there is a supposed time limit. It's about forty seconds, right? But who is doing that, and how often have we seen that enforced? Well, so and if, that is by the way when you address the ball, right? That's, that's not. It's yes. not when you get to your ball. Uh, yes, and, and really, it's it's more of I want to say enforced or acknowledged when it's, it's a group gets put on the clock. Is told, hey, you're out of position. You guys got to go. Like you know, so and, and when they do that, they they know. All right, it's it's got to be 40 seconds. And I be, I believe their time because when a, a a group is told they're on the clock, um, the rules official they'll do it discreetly, you know, and they'll follow. So I I do believe the the tournament referees are timing them uh, each time they address the ball and get ready to go. The challenge would be, yes, what's deemed a address. True. Right. And what if you what if you had to back off because does it the shot clock restart because you wanted to back off or because there was a noise in the crowd or a plane flew overhead or a bug landed on your ball? I mean, there's a million ways to to it's so nebulous in golf to try to do that to you know, with there uh, are a lot uh, of things out, out of control. In, in an outdoor out game. Of your control. It's an outdoor game. Right, yeah. Let's fi- let's let's forget about that stuff for let's forget about interruptions for a second let's just talk about the concept itself what's your initial reaction Jeff to saying all right you know, we got a 45 second shot clock when you arrive to your golf ball and it's your turn when it's your turn then you have 45 seconds uh, let's say you've got 45 seconds to select the club 45 seconds to execute the shots a minute and a half you should be able to do that. It's way too long. Way too long. Way too long. Yes, in my mind. But I'm also not a PGA Tour player. And and, and it, yes, but aren't you aren't you doing club selection for the most part befo- before it's your turn to hit anyway? At least that's what we encourage everybody you, to do, you right? Should you should right? be getting your club ready? I'd have a harder time enforcing the 45 seconds to get ready to hit your shot because of the variables that could be around your shot. So say you get to your shot, you're in the rough or in the trees, and you're trying to find a way to pitch it out, and you're looking through this way, and you're looking that way, and you're trying to find a club and trying to move the crowd, and you're trying to you know drop the ropes so you don't hit the rope or whatever it is. I think that would be very tough because some shots you can hit in one second. You get to the tee, you know your target, 
You take your practice swing, you let it rip, right? On the golf course, you may have a bunker shot. You may have to look at it twice, or you don't. Have, you, you can't see the bottom of the pin, so you walk up there to get a look at the bottom of the pin. Things like that. I don't begrudge a player. I think it's once you get over that ball, if that's if if you can't hit it in forty five seconds, something's wrong. I I agree. All right. What if? Because as you're saying that, like, yeah, there's some approach shots depending upon where the ball landed. Right. Yeah, it, you know, there's some, th- and there's a lot at stake. There's the like, last hole of the U.S. Open. It, it, there's a lot at stake. How? All right. So, what if you had? Let's just go with 40 seconds. Get 40 seconds at your tee shot. All right. Like from when it's your turn. Like you, if Jeff, you have honors, you go. I'm up next. I got 40 seconds. Is that enough time? Plenty. I mean, I should know what the hell I'm going to hit, plenty right? Plenty of time. Plenty plenty of time. That's plenty of time. Okay. You're like, I once I put my tee, you got to be able to put the tee in the ground. Once I get my ball in the tee, I got 40 seconds. Boom, ready to go. And maybe I get one back off uh, if get, need be. Get three timeouts around. Yeah, right, I don't know. <laughs> well, look, baseball but, so, did something silly like that, too, with the pitchers right. that people said was silly, but it's actually worked out fine. Right. Hey, you can only throw over to first base twice. After that, you got to come home with it. But golf, it's right, a little right. hard to administer because it's over acres and acres, and there's different situations on each. It's not hole. one set of umpires right. watching every single. It's not one controlled right. environment. It's well, but they do have a they do have a, a tournament referee who is inside of a television truck who can see it. You know, because he is there a score the, with every group? There well, is. there's a walking score with every group. Yes, could that person enforce it? That per well, yeah. well. So now here's the here's the yes. challenge. See, here's the chance. No, Look, because they're volunteers. They're volunteers. Yeah. That's the chance. Well, then right you'd there. have to you'd have to hire them then. But then, how yes. does the player know how much time's left? You, you know, I mean, it's, it's an internal clock. I I think it's a great idea. All right, just what if he just did it on the greens? Ooh. What if he just did it on putting? Oh, that would be wonderful. Yes, because to me, that's where they take way too long. Well, that's where the money is, right? right. And then <laughs> I, I I almost wish they'd get rid of aim point. You know, I mean, I know they can't ban that, but you know, because. Oh. But if you got rid of aim point, how much time would we start saving out there on the golf course? Um, you know, and I, I, I people have been putting great without aim point for a million years, and I don't know that it's making anybody that much better. It maybe gives those guys confidence. But you'd have to give them more than forty to forty-five seconds. I mean, when, yeah, I mean, if, if you're if it's your turn, right? Because you're walking to the other side. Yeah, you've got that initial look. Like you should well, be. Able then you're to, talking with your caddy about the break. Well, the guy who's away would be the have the hardest time because he'd have to go first, and all the other players can do their reading while the first guy's putting. If I'm closest to the hole, I have your 45 seconds, the next guy's 45 seconds, and my 45 seconds to prepare. If I'm the first guy playing, I have less time to prepare. So is that equity? And everything we do in golf is based on equity. Okay. Right? All right. So, what if player one? Has you've got two minutes to putt. Now player we, two has a minute, and player three's got forty-five seconds. See now that? I, look, I've had a chance to look at everything. Yeah, it's is getting, that not equitable? Well, then you're going into a rabbit what, hole. What if yeah. I blow it? What if I blow it by, and I'm still away before Jeff has to putt again? Then it's like, well, what's my timing? Yeah. Like, there's I just, so many, yeah, so many right. variables that it's hard to administer one simple rule to a complex situation in game i am 100 percent in agreement that there we have to figure out a way to speed up professional golf I, I i think the way to do it instead of a shot clock might you know is you have some some time limits right are you on the pace of play for your round and it's if you fall behind your group i, I think if they just started calling the rules like if well if, if they, they penalize if they penalize you're saying if they start penalizing guys they penalize somebody for slow play it and has to and it has to be i think like score related because scores f- add versus money. fines. Yes, I, I just think. I mean, yes, some people the money's a f- 
effective. But like ultimately in the end, if you are losing a stroke because of it, I think that'll that would be the the harshest enforcement that yeah, players would care about, that every player would care about. You, you, I, you know, players have commented in the past. We're like, yeah, we got put on a clock. I had to speed up, and it threw out, threw me out of my rhythm because so and so I'm playing with is so slow. And it's not always that player's fault. It could be one player in All the right. group can ruin it, and and that's usually the case. It's usually one player. I mean, Kevin, you're out on the tour. We've all played oh. a million rounds of golf, and it just takes one. As a PGA professional managing golf facilities for 30 years, there were certain players that went out in the morning. I knew they were going to ruin the whole day for everybody because it's, it's slow, and there was nothing you could do to get them to move faster on, on under God's green earth because um, they didn't care. Yeah. So yes. Uh, yeah. Um, so I and, and, you, and then you ramp that up from a club level to then you go to college golf and it's even slower than anything else you guys yes. have seen on the tour. And then you go to pro golf and these guys are playing for their lives. Now, and is it because do you think from coaching college golf the reason it's so bad is because they're mimicking pro golfers? To some degree, I also think well they get a lot of people on the golf course. It's often packed with uh, yeah. players. And um, in, in my opinion, I've seen college coaches slow down play because they want to jump in. They uh, want to read greens with their guy. They want to help him pick a club. They want to walk over and say how you're doing. And and meanwhile, the, the group in front of them is on the next tee, and you're still on your tee on a par five. You know, And I've seen it 100 times, and, and you can't talk to anybody else's players that aren't on your team to say, hey, you're behind. You're not even – it's not even – you can't even do that. I was chastised for that a couple of times. I still did it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I, I, I this is this is why we have the discussion. I think right? the shot. Cause, cause I think the shot clock idea and getting players to speed up is wonderful. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how to how to, in, how to do it would indoors. Be. Like, so there's an environment they're going to have. You know, on scoreboard, so yeah, controlled controlled for a controlled environment. Yeah, players are going to know right yeah. and. Range mats, same lie. Yes, it's a that's a controllable environment. Where yes. you're outside, it's not a controllable environment. Yeah, and, and that would be the challenge. And the and the other variables that you bring up, Jeff, are, are good points. When you're playing professional golf, there are other people on the golf course that aren't there that are not, that are not players. Such as there's you know the, the gallery obviously is a huge piece, but there's Kevin, you know, there's golf carts driving all over the place. Yeah, like no, that's certainly some of it. There's yeah. noise. There's noises that wouldn't be on a normal golf course. There's yeah. other things that happen that would force a player to possibly back off and have to start over again, which might not at all be their fault. And I, some guys have rabbit ears and some guys don't. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what, So that's the thing that amazes me is the inability, it seems, for players to hit shots with all this noise around. Like, you're the best in the world. I'm pretty sure you could probably swing with some noise around you. It, I see it in Phoenix every single year when you walk into 16 and, you know, there's a murmur. There, nobody's quiet, yeah. right? And they're able to hit. Well, think of now at these PGA Tour events, Kevin, you know from being at all these events, there's more of these now general congregation areas than it is versus just seats in a bleachers where you'd be sitting and maybe just next to one person. Like it's more of these hangout yeah. concession places, you know, where people are standing and mingling and walking around. So there is that like murmur talking and, and around I, on a lot of these holes. And, and I do think um, players, when they know it's going to be there, that expectation is there, they're fine. It's the... It's the, uh, you know, I think back to the match play uh, event when, uh, how was it, Dustin Johnson against John Rahm and a door slammed. 
like someone came out of a porta potty that was near the green and slammed right in Rob's backswing, and it yeah. threw him off like that, that startling type noise. Yeah, um, you know, th- those are the ones I understand. Yeah, right. But if yeah, if you know what's going to be there, you're like, okay, there's just going to be noise, and I'm going to deal with it. How many rounds have you been playing where people are talking where you're hitting? I don't even notice it. Like you guys yeah, could be I'm having a conversation. Fine while with it. Yes. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't bother. It's never bothered me. And these guys have played in those conditions for a long time, so you think. But you know, so it depends on your confidence level too, right? If you're if you're not confident and you hear something and you just you get frazzled and you step away. There are there are players that um, you know I've mentioned. Hey, you know I I, I apologize if I distract you. Like didn't even notice. Yeah. You know, like I'm you know I no I'm I'm so full. I don't I have no idea. I'm yeah. fine. Like I I mentioned that Xander Shoffley once. He's like, Nah, dude. I are you kidding me? I don't even notice. Yeah. It's all good. All right. I, I think most players are like that. It only takes a couple to screw up a 156-man field, though, on a, on a crowded <laughs> Friday. <laughs> that is true. Yes. <laughs> all right, so we're all in agreement. We want golf to be faster. We just don't. We, know don't we don't have the perfect shot clock execution at the moment. Maybe that'll be a, a later podcast when we have a better plan. I mean, l- listen, again, easy, it's easy for us to say with that, you know, they're playing for so much on the line. Right. We're, uh, we're saying it as spectators, not yeah. as players. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm Correct. saying as spectators, yeah. Um, you know, I'm just, you know, just, they should be able to play in what, three hours? And in- threesomes? The yeah, tour see, players? See, threesomes, that's tough. That's tough because you get you, you got three in there. Like, yeah, yeah. It's four hours. It takes them four hours, maybe it, five to close to five. It's closer to five. It most should of take the time, four right. or less. It should be four or less. Yeah, yeah. we four sit here and harp all the time about how, hey, a, a foursome at a public course in Buffalo. Should take four hours. Should take four hours. Yeah. Now, but what part does the of it, TV sometimes the, dri- the drivable par four slow things up. Right. Par fives you can reach in two. Yes. yes. Par threes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. There's there's, there's choke t- points on golf courses. Yes. Yes. And um, and that's you know the TV the PJ Tour does the ten minute times typically right so yes. ten to twelve do they do twelve ever? Uh, Masters yeah. might. Uh, but that's uh, usually ten. Yeah. So it, it, if you. It's a culture creation thing too. I think somewhere along the line, it's a it's uh, the players would need to police themselves, and I think that's the only way it can ever be resolved. But that's hard to do. You don't. You may yes. not know the gentleman. You may not have a rapport with them. I know if I'm playing with someone who's slow, I'll say something because I'm you know I feel like I can. And, I, and well, look at what you yeah. said. You could have 150 out of 156 playing what we would even say is quick. Yeah. But if there's six that are slow, well, that can ruin maybe half the course. Oh yeah, or the whole course. So yeah, it I just mean, takes one. You really that you know that's a piece of you well, might I, have almost I, everybody I, on board with you it. You know, I I will say this: it was at New Orleans, right? And you know, this Cantlay was the uh, second time his name's come up on the podcast. Everybody's on him about about slow play, and he was waiting. Yeah, uh, his group was waiting all day long for the group in front of him. And I was on I was on the PGA Live broadcast with Craig Perks, and I, uh, I was on the ground, and I, I said, "Craig, you know what? Everybody's talking about Cantlay, but like he's been waiting all day, hasn't he?" He's like, "Yes, he has." So yeah, yeah. it's 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 he, <laughs> the way Craig put it, it's not him today. Well, there's <laughs> things that happen too. You like you lose a ball, go back to the tee. You know, I need a ruling, got to wave something yes, over. Yeah. So things happen, and yes. that's why it's so hard to administer. Okay, well said. All right. I feel like we solved. Did we solve anything on the show today? We solve all the world's problems every okay. week. Every week. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. That's been another edition of our Winter Rules podcast presented by Golf Dojo. 
mygolfdojo.com Correct. is the website. Yep. You want to... We're excited to open our new location very shortly, Shortly, so look for uh, look for some information on our opening date. All right. Looking forward to that. Got to bring the music in now, Kevin. Yes. The great producer skills we have here. All right. For Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Metis, I'm Brian Colziel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, X, at T2G Buffalo. And thanks for listening to another edition of our Winter Rules podcast presented by Golf Dojo with all of us here at T2Green. <laughs>